0: welcome to VIP Boxing's Bell-to-Bell Podcast, episode number 52. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you've downloaded for a listen on iTunes and Spotify, a nice review for us would be welcome and very very good of you. Um, We appreciate all those sort of things. Apologies for the delay in getting this week's episode online. We've had to record a bit later than usual because I was busy last night. Anyway, you know I am. I'm Steve Lillis. With me, my co-host, John Evans. He's been with me for all these 52 episodes. You okay, John? Yeah, I'm good, Steve. Thanks. Good, mate. I'm glad I am hope you enjoyed the boxing the weekend because there was a lot of it. Yeah, plenty to watch, wasn't there? We're going to touch on
1: some of it this weekend, yeah, but it was a, a good weekend and we're really getting into a swing of it now, aren't yeah, as the, we? As are. The year draws oh.
0: to an end. Yeah, Got a good guest this week, a special guest this week. I think he's a matchmaker, an agent. A manager, a promoter. I'm not sure if he's been a trainer in a corner. He's going to tell you a man with a deep context book and a context book. And if if you're anyone in Russia, you've worked with this man. And anywhere east, even in anywhere, if you work with this fella anywhere in the world, because he's he's a (laughs) face around the circuit. He puts on his own. Does a lot. And I think he might be a classical musician, Mister Al (laughs) Siesta. How are you, Al?
2: Very, the Big Up was incredible. I'm very well, man. Thank you. Well, 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 <laughs> I'm actually right? more jazz musician than classical. Oh, it wasn't I was good gonna, enough.
0: That was the next question. <laughs> are, you, are, you a, are you a classical musician? Can you tell us, just fill us in for those who don't know the background, what when what you were when you originally come to England or what you were aiming I, to I be in life? Music. I studied
2: music. I was a musician, more contemporary jazz kind of modern music than classical uh, because I don't sight read. You cannot be a classical musician if you don't sight read. Right. So, but I prefer contemporary music. Classical musicians are all crazy. I can tell you that. More <laughs> crazy than the boxing people. I was going to say
0: you work in <laughs> boxing, so you you know <laughs> it's a, a good sort of um, d- defense of cra- it's a defense of crazy people, I guess. If you think they're all <laughs> classical musicians um, that are, are are a bit short of fr- a fruit soup of a loop.
1: Al Al, what do you what do you think of Steve Lillis's taste of music man Steve Lillis is very
2: intellectual well tasted guy I can tell you that now not because he's right in front of me I know he's very very sharp guy and we need more people like him in boxing that would have been a different place for us if that would have been the case trust me we need to cherish every intellectual knowledgeable goodwill person and We need to build more of them, honestly. Trust Uh, me. You're
0: you're a good man. What I'm going to do when I'm in London next time, or in this down, you're you're, you're Berkshire Way, aren't you?
2: No, Southampton. I'm uh,
0: Hampshire Way. If I'm ever down there, I'm going to take you to a punk rock concert to the Joiners Arms in Southampton. Cracking punk rock venue.
2: What a knowledge. I played there myself. Oh, (laughs) so I
0: didn't know that. There you
2: go. It's a punk rock venue now. The Joiners. I play Join Us not once, man. Love the venue. Classics.
0: Brilliant. i tell say what well, What we do in this podcast, John is, I'm sorry, John, Al, very easy going. We speak for three minutes each subject. We're going to start on one of yours. And after three minutes, what happens, John? The bell comes up. That's what happens. And you just have to button it. Because John, otherwise you zip it, zip the lip. Well, John, have you got your your timer ready for this week? Yeah, we're all
1: ready to go. As soon as you stay, go. We're we're
0: away, Steve. We're going to start. And it's um, round one with Al. I want to talk about the hype around Canelo Alvarez. Over to you, Al.
2: Right. Canelo Alvarez's team are very, very sharp. They know what's going on. They know all about matchmaking, vast experience, great understanding of boxing, know exactly what Canelo can and what he can't. There aren't many things that Canelo cannot, but there are some things he cannot. And therefore, there are certain opponents won't be touched yet. Uh, They were left as a dessert, as a cherry on the cake, as they say, which is Benavides, Dimitris Andrade, obviously Arthur The rest was very comfortable. All of them were 30 on 70, maybe 35 to 65. Uh, Eddie Hearn brought a bit of a British flavor, but that still was quite easy for Canelo. No one could convince me ever that they were competitive. Callum Smith froze, Uh, I expected more. I spoke to Callum many times. He said, I don't know what came over me. Obviously the hype machine and all that, it was a big occasion. It's a bit like performing on the stage. You rehearsed very well, you know, every single note. And then you came on and you suddenly look at the instrument and thinking, I'm seeing this for the first time in my life. (laughs) That's what it was. So it could happen. So Callum could have been much better if if the second way around the fight came second time around. But no problem, he uh, he will learn from it. But Canelo, they know all about what they can and what they can't. The hype machine is incredible. People, they believe what they see. And I do believe, I'm convinced 90% that he's one of the greatest. I need that 10 extra to recognize him completely like Pele, um, football analogy, you know? So, in my opinion, Usyk is a bigger name in terms of achievements than Canelo Alvarez, in my opinion. So, there you go. Because he was continuous underdog, kept proving everyone wrong. He's too small, too this, to that, and yet he's the, probably the best heavyweight right now. And
1: I still fancy him against Tyson Fury, believe me or not. Yeah, I, I'm We'll, we'll go on to Canelo a little bit more in the next round, now, but I'm with you. Like these three fights, Smith, Saunders, and Plant, I didn't think Plant was a particularly close fight. I know lots of people now are saying it was a, oh, Plant was doing well. I, I saw, I know Steve Bunce, our friend, was there and he he had Plant ahead. I, I just couldn't see it. I, I thought Canelo had no respect for the power, walked to him without a care in the world and just took his time chopping down. Um, We'll get on to opponents totally and the way he's looking at the moment, but I don't think any of these fights have been particularly close at all. Completely, completely. I mean, so
2: arguably, the boxing connoisseur will say, "Well hidden mismatches." They are well hidden mismatches because Canelo knows. Look how look how slowly he starts. He knows ultimately he is a predator in front of him is a victim, so they you know is a prey. So he builds it very
1: nicely and culmination
0: over
1: to you. <laughs> yeah, um, well, on, staying on Canelo, I think we're getting to the point now where it's becoming like Andre Ward and Floyd Mayweather, where you can almost predict the script of what's going to happen. And he's so good against these type of opponents, he's carrying it out to perfection. Um, if you're going to try and outbox and stay away from Canelo, if you can't hurt him, he's just going to take his time give you a couple of rounds, walk close and break you down and stop you. The only way you can beat Canelo at the moment is to hurt him. You've got to stop him doing what he wants. You've got to put doubt in his mind. You've got to make him double-guess double, double guess himself. And I think we can completely eliminate anyone his way or below from beating him. I know you said Andrade, Al, but Andrade might give him a couple of rounds, but I, I Just don't think he me. could He could put Just him come, off. Come, come, I, I, come. I think it, the, the spotlight's coming down to a big fight with Better BF. And yeah. I, I think that is the only guy, the only risk and, and the only threat that Canelo's got in the next two or three years.
0: Fox I, 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 Canelo, we, we're, getting, we're getting to the... St- backing up what you say, we're getting to the stage, John, where people take rounds off him and we're getting excited. It's almost like... Medana Mayweather, I thought Maldana Mayweather won both fight, uh, four rounds, five rounds, both fights, and people were getting excited about people lo- you know losing by six points to him, this sort of stuff. This is where we get into, and you know like, I can only echo what you say. Pertev is the only person around like heavyweight who can possibly beat him, and now you know but the, the only person where, who's called him out. I saw Marius Brados has called him out today. That's the only fight, if he jumped to cruiserweight, well, you, he would not win because of the size. You know, that, 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 that's what we're looking at.
2: Yeah. I, I, guys, truly believe Benavides will give him an absolute nightmare. Really? He's so game. He's so game and he knows it. And let me tell you that. Every Mexican knows it. Yeah. Every Mexican knows how hard that fight is. And for some reason, it just, just goes off the radar. Like, people don't
1: talk about it. Benavides is real game. Absolutely. Yeah. Benavidez ben- may have the best shot because he, he wouldn't go on the back foot. He wouldn't he wouldn't let Canelo walk to him. Benavidez would make it a fight for as long as long as it lasts. 100%. And, and therefore he's got a better opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't see Benavidez being you know, I get that he'd have him the fight. I, I I think he'd play right into him and get taken out in five, six rounds. Yeah, really, that's
1: the risk, but yeah. that also gives you your biggest opportunity to win. You, you, you can't beat Canelo by stand, standing off if you can't punch.
2: If you revise back Golovkin against Canelo, the amount of respect Canelo had, he was working on the back foot. That's how much fear he had for that power. Yeah, Benavides also is very powerful. Canelo knows the output that Benavides brings, the agility.
1: Round <laughs> <Down> three. <laughs>
0: Round three, off the subject of Canelo. It's um, Will Eddie make him a star? And just want to get your, you fellas' opinions as well on Kid Galahad. He finally, long, long career, finally heads an arena card as the A side on Saturday night when he defends the IBF featherweight title against Kiko Martinez. You know, I think he's the first defence. You know, he's never won fans over, he's never got media attention. But what I will say for this guy, there's few better examples of dedication. Even after he lost to Josh Warrington, I was at that gym in Sheffield two days later doing some work with Liam Williams and Willie Hutchinson. He was back in the gym on the Monday. You know, but I think he really is getting ignored, you know, and it's quite sad to me maybe as a traditionalist that more people are talking about Lee Wood against um, Conlon for a regular title for the right to maybe be elevated to super champion if Santa Cruz moves up. And I, I just wonder if, if Eddie can ever make him a star. I've really got my doubts, however long he reigns for. Yeah,
1: well, I, I think he's got the perfect opponent this weekend to make him look good. You know, Kiko's going to bustle forward, a bit like Jazza, but Kiko's at a shop one now and Kid Galahad will look great this weekend. But it's just the way his career's gone, isn't it? You know, um, the week of his fight, the build-up starts for Martinez. we announced Wood and Conlon, and it completely overshadows everything. It, it's just the way Kid Galahad's gone, but he's got it in his own hands now, hasn't he? He's been chasing his entire career, Kid Galahad, but now it's in his hand. He's got that world title. He's going to be headlining Bills. He's going to be on big cards. It's up to him. If, if he wants to look the part and wants to really stamp himself as the best featherweight, it's up to Kid Galahad now. He's, he's got the opportunity that he's wanted
2: i fully agree with you and also galahad is one of those example god loves the trier yeah so he's just persistent knocking in the door knocking in the door and eventually succeeding and as you mentioned now now he needs to pass his career over to people who are very creative who know how to capitalize on the position that he has now and try to market him and sell him to like i think matron may be too busy and they've got some other stuff Um, I would go and shop myself. And obviously, he's got the contract with Dizone. So I'm hoping Eddie will do that great job and get him that big crossover fights for Galahad. I mean, people say arguably that he's got boring style. He's a grinder, though. He's a horrible guy to fight. Real game, relentless in his output and physical conditioning. Interesting guy, interesting fighter. Just doesn't have enough popularity, but very reliable and very competent. So I'm, I'm I know him personally very well. He's a Muslim brother. I'm really delighted for him. You know.
1: You know. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's bang on for a minute. Oh, the professional. App.
0: Over to you. Oh, the topic that comes up here often with our guests: small hall boxing. You want to discuss?
2: Man, it's a mayhem. It's shambles. It's a mess. I don't know how to call it. Oh, lots of people selling tickets. The popularity is back. The hype is huge. there's no one to fight against. Steve, no one to fight I'm against. Not. I'm doing matching for five promoters. I'm on the highest level of stress and I'm meditating through and I've got a huge database by the COVID restrictions. Uh, the Bulgarians fly in Spanish and the, at, at the airport it's declared declared fully exempt. And they think it means fully vaccinated. And they say, where is your vaccine passport? They say, no, 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 I'm not vaccinated. But I'm exempt as an elite athlete. No, you can't fly. Fights falling through, tickets, money gets spent. Man, it's an absolute mayhem. Every weekend is a stress. It's high BPM, heart rate, sweats, sleepless nights, just to save small hole. And I've got the remedy, but I don't want to say I'm just, I'm just trying to build something at the moment. At the moment is a perfect niche to establish something new in the UK, very competent in Johnny scene, you know? And British board are aware, when communication we talk about this. I mean, demand is huge. People wanna put shows, people selling tickets, the arenas are full, lack of opponents. Probably more people will go on the road. But my personal notice, if you wanna go on the road competently, at least like a Louis Van Pooch. you need to be a really good at what you do. You need yeah. to have very high standard. You need to be so comfortable against someone who is in front of you, that you write the script. Let him think that he's writing the script, that it's your fight. And for that, you need to have 120 amateur fights back to Eastern Europe. <laughs> do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. yeah, you know what? I think you've described it perfectly—the the mess at the moment. And when you—I knew you was coming on that subject, Al. Um, I looked quickly on BoxRec just before we started recording. I think between Friday and Sunday this weekend, all shows in Britain—I think there's 80 odd fights happening in Britain this weekend, over eight or nine shows. It, it's just—it's just ridiculous, and. Going back, something I've, I've said often on here, I've just better shut up and get, let Johnny in here because I know he'll have a say. Is a lot of these journeymen we're seeing now aren't good enough. They're literally just going to run, not give the education because they know there's five jobs in the next five weeks. John, yeah, we've, you... seen
1: pe- we've seen people, there's only a few seconds left, but we've seen, I've seen a lot of small old fights and we've seen people come in and get taken out quickly, or we've seen people come in and not even try and win and just survive. And that's a recipe for disaster. For, how do you sell tickets for another show at the same venue six weeks later if, it, if it's been a stinking show? But yeah,
0: you're right, Al. Over to you, John, You want to talk about something that I know Al is going to be fantastic? Yeah, like yeah. I'll,
1: I'll get on this quick because Al's the person to speak to. But there was a time a few years ago where Usyk, Lomachenko, and Golovkin all came on the scene, one after the other, and people were fascinated by them. You know, this was going to be the start of the Eastern Europeans taking over. They all had this supernatural ability, didn't they? Golovkin was a a, mach- a knockout machine. Lomachenko was like a uh, the Matrix. Well, perfect nickname, isn't it? And Usyk's just sensational. But since then, it's not. Nobody's managed to grab the attention like those guys. You know, Betoviev's a great fighter, but he's not caught the imagination. Bivol's good, but he's not done it. And I'm look- I was looking down the rankings at the, the next breed, and we've got Yelusinov who can fight. Madrimov is a great fighter but they've not got the attention. And I was gonna ask Al, did Lomachenko, Golovkin and Usyk, did they open the doors for for promoters over here and in America to take more notice of these uh, these Eastern Europeans and and try to build them? Or has nothing really changed? Has it made it easier? Or is it just as hard as it's ever been to get these guys a start? Massively opened the
2: doors, but COVID messed it all up massively. I tell you why top rank released most of the eastern europeans right. i'd say in secret so they start they back on the market Dmitry beevil eddie hearn released Dmitry beevil because he couldn't do anything for him anymore the purses which he agreed in the beginning with the disowned coming were huge then he realized that it wasn't as flowery and it was t- the funds were tighter and he couldn't afford it same with, with, I mean, he's not Eastern European, but when Michael Hanses and people like that, obviously Ed promised them big money, but then he realized that the money will not there to fit their habits. Wrong analysis, but that's what it is. But the thing is, the new breed of Eastern Europeans are fantastic, but yeah. we are in television, boxing television crisis, believe me or not. We are on boxing television crisis. There's no many broadcasts at the moment. Broadcasters are taking big boxing on. MMA, arguably bigger than boxing at the moment and doing better numbers. When Golovkin, Lamachenko, and Usyk were breaking in, uh, the beasts from the East were a mystery, but television was booming. The business was booming. And those new names, they captured the imagination coincidentally, with the boom of television. Now we know that we can get great Eastern Europeans, but TV is not there. Yeah. And Russian TV is garbage. They don't want to pay. Ukrainian TV doesn't want to pay. The big promise, but they they say they will do it, but they're not. Because I know the budget. So because I, I have communication, but ultimately the new breed of fighters from Eastern Europe, Ukraine, Russia, Kazakhstan, Armenia, some fantastic talent out there. Fantastic talent out there. Let's see what's going to happen.
0: That was fantastic, Al. Um Final round, round six. It's all about, could Fury say no? And I'm wondering if he could, sur- if he could swerve Dillian White next, um, WBC, I think they got their convention starts um, this weekend, I think, November the 14th, and take his time out and wait for Usyk and AJ winner. Um you know, he's come, He's had a torrid fight there against Yonty the Wilder, victorious, but a very, very hard fight. That was a hard, you know, I know they've been spaced out the fight. They were still, you know, 23, 30 hard rounds, whatever they've gone through, them two guys. Uh, you know, it's come through today that he's had elbow surgery that took six hours since then. And, you know, his dad's was always urging him to retire because he's made the money. I'm wondering, and it wouldn't surprise me, if they said, you've got to fight Dillian White next, he said, well, I might wait. And they made him like an Emirates franchise champion, whatever they call these titles at the, the WBC. Because Dillian White is a fight he can make, in my opinion, an easy night. But to make it an easy night, he's got to be bang on, as focused as he was in, in them fights against Wilder.
1: Yeah, well, I, we said a couple of weeks ago, I think it's the perfect fight if Fury wants to stay busy because White will talk talk Fury into shape. You know, he, Fury, if someone was nice as pie with Fury and he thought it was going to be an easy night, he might half arse his training and, and not quite be his best. But I think White would talk Fury into shape. But I, I could, you never know what Tyson's going to do. I don't think Tyson knows when he wakes up what he's going to do. And will he sit on the shelf for months and wait for Joshua Nusik? Will he decide that he can make more money fighting Andy Ruiz in what would be a, a much easier night, given the Styles over in America? Will, will he fight Dillian? I, I don't think Tyson knows. But to be honest, any option wouldn't surprise me. Um, God knows it's all in Tyson's hands, isn't it?
2: Arguably, slightly disagree. Andy Ruiz is an absolute nightmare fight compared to for Dillian. Fury? Yeah, for Fury. Really? Fury, Dillian White... Dillian will be angry with me again if he hears this. Unfortunately, Dillian is very straightforward for Tyson Fury. He's very straightforward. But as you said, Tyson Fury has to be in a great shape because yeah. Dillian is very powerful. He's like a tank. I mean, he's um, Chisori-esque kind of in his approach. And um, if Ty- I mean, if Tyson in shape, technically, intellectually, is far superior to Dillian White, but Dillian carries power. But but, but obviously Tyson judges distance very well and potentially can completely outclass Dillian and even seal the deal at the end of it. But as you said, can he get motivated? And the unpredictability of Tyson Fury, I think denies his ultimate greatness, in my opinion. (laughs) With all his banter like he has and all these char- characteristics of a star and maverick, if he only just had that discipline behind the scenes, which kept him in shape continuously, he would have been one of the greatest. Because imagine Muhammad Ali coming to the ring out of shape. I can't imagine that, you know? Mm-hmm. Where Tyson sometimes takes it for granted because he, I mean, like a bit of a Josh Best,
0: really, you know? Yeah. Now, yeah, before we wrap up, why did you think Andy Ruiz is a nightmare for him to fight?
2: Because Andy Ruiz got really quick hands, yeah. and he can bang,
1: and he can come close, and he can come inside, and he's a bully. I, 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 I love Andy. I think Andy Ruiz is one of the top four or five guys in the world. I, I love him hundred percent. But he's not got the has he got the feet that are quick enough to get in on a six foot nine guy?
0: Quicker than Dillian White. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I've just never. You know, it's a really. I know it's sort. Of this topic sort of changed to Andy Ruiz, but you know what? I've never forgiven Andy Ruiz because when he went to New Zealand and fought Joseph Parker, when oh. he had to find that extra ten percent in the last three rounds of that fight to win yeah. it, he refused to go there. Yeah. That's why I'm yeah. not sold on him, um, yeah. and that's why I express my surprise at what you say there, Al.
1: I I, I a would rematch as well
2: with Joshua. Was absolute useless. I know yeah. what you're saying.
1: All, all, he, all he had to do for that fight was turn up in shape because he had a gun shy Joshua he'd already knocked out. And Ruiz style is perfect for beating Anthony Joshua. Like I, I'd be, I'd bat Ruiz against Joshua if they were both 100%. I'd back Ruiz against White if they yeah. were both 100%. Yeah. I yeah. just think the style matchup against a six foot nine Fury is is a lot for him. I
2: agree, agree, but it's a harder fight than Julian White and Eddie Reynoso behind him and being in the same team as Canelo, I think revitalized him completely. I do believe there's something psychologically in Andy Ruiz, it's some part need to be added to him in order to perform properly. And I do believe he's got that. Yeah. He's got really, really powerful celebrity team and Eddie Reynoso wouldn't take someone into the camp for nothing. He obviously sees something. So I believe, I believe Ruiz will still make some noise, you know?
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Well, you know what, that wraps us up for this week. Al, you've been a, a very refreshing and a very good guest. And uh, we'll get you back on in another two or three months. I'll, I'll tell Steve Wood what a good shift you, you've done tonight. And you won't just be making a few matches for him.
2: <laughs> yeah. We've got it. We've got it. We're working on it. <laughs> I said to him, Wood, give it to me exclusively. You never will, <laughs> you know, you, you'll be sleeping good nights.
0: <laughs> hey, I know, I'll tell you what, he was singing your praises. I think it was you that brought in um, a new batch of polls, didn't you? A few weeks ago, all gave it a go. I think they were down, yeah. For no, you, yeah, we
2: just helped. It wasn't like you know, what I've been matching during right being in the middle of COVID myself. I had a really bad COVID, but I was matching. My missus said. Maybe because you were so busy, you haven't noticed how you've been ill.
0: Really? Yeah. I know he was yeah. telling me what you did for him to save that show. And all oh, he was delighted with these polls that rocked up and gave it a go. Yeah, I was there. That was a good show. <laughs> oh, that. Was, there. That that was there? There you
1: go. Yeah, that was the... Uh, yeah, I remember that. That was oh, the London gave Luke. Kevin's a really good fight. Yeah, it was a good show.
2: No, yeah. it was good. Thank you, gents. One of the polls now going to the uh, Ukrainian border because apparently this huge quantity of Afghani refugees on Belarusian side, sorry, Belarusian border, who Lukashenko, the president said, I will let them go. (laughs) So lots of Polish military. I don't know, we don't get that on TV in the UK, but there's a massive Kortesh around polish belarusian border right now. So it's crazy. And media is quiet, you know, weird, but anyway.
0: (laughs) Back to the boxing. Thanks, Alf. You've been a terrific guest. Thanks, as always, John Evans. Thank everyone for listening. And I'm sure you all enjoyed listening to the thoughts of uh, Al Siesta, um, a top man indeed. Thanks very much, fellas. Thank Thank you.
1: For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.